0: This is the Average Conservationist Podcast brought to you by Outdoor Class and in partner with 2% for Conservation. Outdoor Class is the new single source of premium outdoor education from trusted, knowledgeable experts. For hunters committed to improving their skills, Outdoor Class is the only subscription-based e-learning platform that provides unlimited access to video lessons from the world's most respected experts covering topics across a hunter's entire journey. Learn from industry leaders like Corey Jacobson, Randy Newberg, Remy Warren, and other prominent personalities in the organizations. Sign up today and use code AVERAGE to save 20%. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to Fish and Wildlife. 1% of your time plus 1% of your money equals 2% for Conservation. 2% A happy Wednesday to you, and welcome back to the Average Conservationist Podcast, and I'm your host, Marcus Ewing. All right, so today I want to talk about um, I don't even know what the best way to describe it is. Um, I recently recorded an episode about this on my uh, other podcast, the Michigan Wild Podcast, and I talk about um, transitions. And I talked about that from really the the point of a father, I guess. Um, and it the, the same transitions can can go for for being a mother as well. And if you want to listen to that one and and check that out, I certainly welcome you to do that. Um, but I want to kind of talk about a very similar, if not the same topic, I guess, um, as it pertains to the world of conservation, um, the the transition part that I talk about is how we as, um, me as an outdoorsman, the transitions that I've went through in my life, and I think we all go through them. We all hit them at different times. They all look a little bit different for us, but I think we all have kind of one thing in common, or we have these stages in common uh, throughout the the course of our outdoor journey, I guess if you will but i'm gonna I don't know if I want to say spin it, but I'm gonna talk about it as it relates to the world of conservation so <clears throat> let's let's start at the beginning here so I think growing up especially in an outdoors family um, and I think this is where. It's going to be a little bit different for everyone because not everyone grows up in an outdoors family or grows up kind of living that outdoor lifestyle, if you will. I think that I've certainly, and you guys can attest to this, that we've we've had a, a large number of guests who picked up, <clears throat> whether it was hunting, whether it was fishing, whatever their outdoor pursuits are, uh, much later in life. And <clears throat> so this transition may not be for them, or maybe it just looks a little bit different. So the first one is when you're a kid and you're spending time with your mom, with your dad, with your grandpa, whoever it may be, uh, in the outdoors. And I think that conservation piece, that conservation ethic, um, <clears throat> this is you know that point in time when it, it tends to be instilled in you without you really even knowing. Um, whether, well, I think it's, it's without knowing because a lot of it, one, at a, at a young age, you have to excuse me, I'm recording this very early in the morning. Oh, drink a coffee here. Keep me going. Um, it's instilled in you, um, without you really knowing. And what I mean by that is it's expressed to you in more through actions, you know, watching the people around you, how they treat the outside world, the the wildlife around us, how we approach that, um, the things that we do, and you know, for any any of you that that have kids, you know, you you understand what a sponge kids are at a young age. So they're they're mimicking you. They're seeing how you're behaving, how you're interacting. And those are things that they then perceive to be acceptable ways to, uh, to go about their business, to, 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 to handle themselves. So it's kind of, it's those, you know, let's say you, you go out fishing when you get out of the boat. And I've, I've, I've talked about this, um, <clears throat> with guests or, or on as a guest on other podcasts is that, You know you you get done fishing you get back to the boat launcher you get back to the truck if you're fly fishing or, or something like that you're fishing in the river or you're fishing on the banks of a lake and the biggest thing is you know making sure that you know whatever trash you may have left in the boat whether it's a you know plastic you know cup for your worms or your night crawlers whether it's a pop bottle that you had a snack wrapper that you had whatever it is it's it's cleaning those things up. You don't leave them laying in the boat because inevitably, on your way home, uh, the wind is going to carry that out of the boat. Or, you know, when you dock the boat or you know land the boat, you don't you don't throw your stuff on the ground because it's convenient. You you put it in the trash can. You know, like I think those those little things and. It, it it's not just for the outdoors I think that you know little things like that are things that we are kind of inherently we inherently learn throughout you know uh, our time as a youth as well and so I think that's kind of your your first real exposure to conservation and also I think if you are fortunate enough to spend time actually in the field let's say from a hunting perspective it's you know, the the way that we care for our game, the way that we care for uh, the woods when we're out there, making sure that we're not, you know, again, discarding of, of things while we're out there. We're, we're leaving things the same or better than what we found them. So if you're, you know, out for a hike or you're bird hunting or you're out picking mushrooms or, you know, whatever it is, you're out camping with your family. Um, and you come across trash, you're picking that up, you're bringing it back to wherever your little adventure started from, and and you're making sure that it's discarded of properly. I think those things, that is kind of your, as a child, that's your first real exposure to conservation. Uh, The word at at that age, I don't think really carries much weight for us. I think that we... We don't. Our, our brains really aren't formed enough to to understand the the totality of of what conservation is. And it's, so that so that's kind of our our first stage, if you will. Uh, and then as we get older, let's say we're into our our teenage years. Maybe we're, you know, I mean, hat kick. Let's just call it your teenage years. And you're still on that course. You're still, you know, living somewhat of a, of an outdoor lifestyle because for a lot of us, um, as we, we become teens and and we get older, sometimes the, the outdoors, those pursuits that we did as a, as a younger child, uh, maybe take a backseat. Maybe you, you lose interest. So maybe, that's not um, what you spend a lot of your free time doing with uh, either with you know by yourself or, or with your family. So you, but you have certainly a much better capability to understand what what conservation kind of looks like. You you've been around enough at this point that maybe that word has come up, uh, maybe. You've had those conversations outright as far as why we conduct ourselves in a certain way that we do when we're in the outdoors. So it's, you get a little bit better of a picture of an idea of the things that we do, why we behaved that way, why our our elders are. Friends, who again, whoever it was that you spent that time with, why <clears throat> we we behaved, why they behaved in in that way, you can you can explain it. You can wrap your head around it a bit more, and then as time passes on from there, and and we're you know independent. Uh, I guess you could say when it when it comes to to doing these things, you're old enough to if you wanna you know, go fishing by yourself, if you want to go hunting by yourself, heck, if you want to, you know, take a weekend and, and go for a hike or, a, you know, go camping, whatever, we we understand those things. And I think it's it's around this time that we we have a much better, um, maybe a more complete understanding of what conservation is. And, again, this is, you know, this is all kind of predating um, volunteering, um, making your voice heard, uh, expressing your opinions uh, as it pertains to conservation, to the outdoors, all of these things. And it's around this time that likely the the outdoors, uh, those activities that you like to um, partake in, uh, take on a whole new meaning. It's how uh potentially you are spending a good amount of your free time let's say and when i say you know becoming independent i'm you know i i guess i'm referring to you know your you're maybe sometime in your mid 20s your your brain has has developed <laughs> to such a point where um you don't need to uh ask those questions as much you you understand that your actions um, have potential consequences, either positive or negative, in the way that we're conducting ourselves, in the way that we're behaving, um, especially on the landscape that we're, that we're in. And this is a point where we, a lot of us, uh, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe this this part of your your journey, maybe this comes a little bit later. Um, but I think this is certainly for some where it is, it is introduced. You, you start to care, um, equally as much about where you're, you're recreating at. Um, and what I mean by that is you start to, to care about, okay, uh, you know, the, this, the stretch of water that I tend to fish, um, you know, maybe, it's it's been an area that you've fished for your entire life. For example, we're we're gonna use we're gonna use fishing because I, I feel I feel like that's a little bit easier to to kind of pinpoint. You have a much um, deeper connection to that area, um, and that's not to say that just because it's your first time in some place that there shouldn't be that um, that thoughtfulness, that uh, wherewithal that goes into you know how you're. <clears throat> Treating yourself when you're there. Again, excuse me if I take some pauses here. I'm just sipping my uh, <clears throat> sipping my coffee, um, and you, the place starts to hold um, potentially more of a special meaning for you. Uh, you had a lot of great memories there growing up. Uh, it's an area that, if we're fishing, it's 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 just a great stretch of water, right? It's maybe it's not really known. By a lot of people, it's uh, it's an area that you know you can get to uh, and have a lot of success, have a lot of um, you know great adventures there, and you want to take care of that. You don't want to you know walk this this stretch of, of river and have you know trash laying on the ground. You don't want to you you want the place to be now uh, as you remembered it growing up, um, you know without the uh, the mess, I guess is, is maybe the best way to put it. You don't want those things. So you, your extra, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, you, you have much more of a open eye, maybe that's not even the right way to, to describe it. I'm, I'm kind of blanking here on, on the word, but you, you become much more aware of your surroundings when you're in that particular area so you're you're making sure that those things that um, you may be overlooked as as a younger uh, as a younger kid as a younger adult, whatever it is and now it's it's almost become your personal mission to continue to Leave that that area that place uh, better than we found it. You don't want to show up there, um, you know, because let's say maybe it is a, a highly trafficked area um, on the river. You don't want to leave that uh, or have that place next time you show up be in, you know, kind of a I don't want to say a state of dilapidation because uh, I, I, maybe that that seems a bit harsher it seems a bit over the top but i think you you understand what i'm saying here is you you want to always come back to that place as as you first remember it because i think that is you know part of where the the memories come from when it comes to that uh, that, that that piece of land and it's it's around the same time that the maybe the bug to uh give back is is something that that starts to creep up on you that the uh, the journey uh, the, the, the 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 bigger picture <clears throat> excuse me really is, is what comes into play. things start to come full full circle and it becomes more about how, you know great those memories are there and let's say around this time you've you've had children or you have friends that you you know now introduce to whatever this particular hobby is uh, that you enjoy doing on this particular piece of land and you want to you want to do your part you want to be part of the solution and not the problem as it pertains to the outdoors, and <clears throat> this is where you start to, I think your your vision, your idea of conservation, really opens up, and it's where you really take that <clears throat> that that next step uh, in in your conservation journey. You start to really see that you kind of get out of your bubble maybe is a, is a better way to put it you start to look at okay you know I, I like to I like to you know I like to hunt for for upland birds or I like to hunt for for waterfowl and the issues that may be affecting um, let's say the this particular piece of wetland or this particular um, piece of public land and you start to almost like dive down this rabbit hole um, of what you know the <clears throat> the, the the greater um, effect that you can have on the the totality of the landscape so we start to you know look at conservation organizations we start to look at you um, different opportunities to to volunteer um you know maybe it's a land conservancy um it's uh, again it's it's a it's a group like the national deer association or if you're out west and you know maybe it's the mule deer foundation i mean it's it the there's no shortage of organizations that are out there that help us um you know channel our our efforts as it pertains to giving back and to conservation and it's around this time that i think that the 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 a the the total picture um really becomes very clear becomes very um easy for us to see and You know, as I'm talking about this, and, and and I'm kind of doing this step by step. You know, maybe this is just particular. Maybe this is just um, how my journey looked. Maybe this is just what it looked like for me. And and if what I'm what if what I'm saying is is falling on on deaf ears, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean like, oh, you know, whoever is listening is. You know, they're thinking to themselves. You know, this is not what my my path has looked like up to this point. And you know, that's that's hey, that is just fine because if you're listening to this, you've probably you know your your path may have looked different, um, but you're still, let's say, at this this point where I'm at now, where uh, the the picture has become more clear. You've you've taken that. Um, that next step you've you've become <clears throat> I don't even know if, if immersed is the right word but you've become um, much more cognizant of of the world around you as it pertains to the outdoors and you want to do your part you want to get involved um, that's great then then I think that a lot of these things uh, that we're talking about <clears throat> still pertain to you I mean <clears throat> while my experience has been you know, stretched out over, you know, the course of, you know, 30 years, um, maybe yours is, is very truncated. Maybe you went through these steps in the matter of, you know, five years, right? Uh, and, and this is <clears throat> probably speaking to more of like the, the adult onset hunter or someone who just picked up a, an outdoor hobby later on in life. <clears throat> Excuse me one second. I think that that's okay because you're you're still at this point and the things that that hopefully I'm saying um, certainly uh, ring true or, or sound familiar, and where we go from here, I think kind of depends on the person, and I don't think that one is necessarily better than the other. I think that's just where we end up, and this is that point in in your journey where you know maybe. From a volunteer standpoint, you, you you take that next step. Now you're um, participating. You're you're being um, you know a member of you know, <clears throat> excuse me. You're 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 holding positions within these conservation organizations. You're no longer um, just a member who pays their dues and maybe comes out for an event throughout the year, whether it's a banquet, whether it's uh, a cleanup, or something along those lines. you your now you have skin in the game. You know now you're actively giving your time or your dollars, for example, um, with these organizations. So you're, you know, you're spending, you know, once a month, once a quarter um, in these meetings. You you hold some type of position in your. Local organization, or maybe it's a national organization's uh, organization. Excuse me, if you've if you've gotten to that point, and that's where um, our unsung heroes of conservation really lie. Because unless you're, you know, you you hold a position with some type of organization at a national level, um, nine times out of ten, this this position is you're not being paid for it. It's It's one that you just, you see the importance, you see the need, and you are doing your part. You're you're volunteering your free time or your extra money to make this difference. And that is, it's such a cool thing um, for me to see, uh, for me to, you know, hear about through, you know, previous guests or, you know, future guests, um, you know, what, what has caused them to want to make that leap to, to want to make that jump. And I think for, um, for some of us, I don't want to, I don't even want to say a lot of us, cause I don't want to, to, to speak in, in too many general, <clears throat> excuse me, generalities here. But I think, you know, having, having kids and I've, I probably sound like a broken record saying this, but that was, that was a big turning point for me was when, I realize that you know there's potentially areas or there's things that I'm not going to be able to experience with my kids the way that I did with my dad or my grandpa um, because that that land, um, <clears throat> for example, is just it's not there anymore. Uh, whether it's been developed, uh, whether it's just been so overused that it no longer holds wild game or The stretch of river is, you know, just polluted beyond belief, or it's just been used so hard and not taken care of that it no longer yields the same um, opportunities that it once did. And those are, those can be kind of harsh realities for us as adults that we don't have those same opportunities that we did when we were young because those wild places, um, you know, they're, they're wild for a reason and it's, it's up to us to make sure that those places stay wild. Um, you know, one of, uh, a previous guests of mine, uh, Mark Kenyon, he does a, he does a really good job from, from meat eater and wired to hunt and, he does a really good job, um, especially through social media, of of sharing a lot of these experiences that he has and what it looks like sharing them with his kids. And it's uh, I think especially for the younger generation, for uh, people more in in my age range who who potentially have young families. I think this is this hits home um, or it hits a little bit closer to home. Uh, for those folks that, you know, we, the outdoors can play such a, an important part of, of our life. And again, I've talked about this with, I think it was John Mulligan uh, from Bourbon Barrel calls that the, the outdoors has, you know, such a, a healing power, such a, a way to allow us to disconnect from our everyday kind of hustle and bustle and stress and anxiety that, that comes with you know having a family, having a job and, and all of these things that you know if if you know you've you've had a long week or you've had a long month or a long year, whatever, and you want to unplug, you wanna disconnect, you want to try to get back to neutral, I guess. These The outdoors is, is such a great way for us to do that. And I think it, if there's anything that, you know, the pandemic and the past, you know, three years have taught us is how important the outdoors is, you know, how great it is to, to get outside and breathe fresh air and, and do all of these things that we, we as a society, I think, have put, um, you know, an emphasis maybe back on that on those things on the outdoors. Um, I think that the outdoors was exposed to a lot more, uh, people on the landscape, uh, over the last three years, because we couldn't do anything else. And, you know, for better or for worse, uh, it's allowed people to either rekindle that relationship, uh, with the outdoors to strengthen it, uh, or to, to just get it started. Um, you know it didn't take long for for people to to really get kind of stir crazy sitting at home all day and they needed some type of outlet some type of uh yeah they needed some type of outlet they needed a way to <clears throat> change things up and the outdoors is a great way to do that even if it's just taking a walk in your neighborhood and you know, you see something laying on the ground, you know, just, you know, maybe throw a plastic bag in your pocket, right? If you see some trash, some some wrappers, some beer cans, some pop cans, whatever they are, um, you know, pull out that bag, pick them up. Uh, Drew Young Dyke, who uh, he's been a guest on both of my podcasts because he's just a a great uh, a great guy to listen to. Uh, he works for the National Wildlife Federation, and he, you know, talked about when, when he likes to, to fly fish um, whether public lakes or, or public streams here in Michigan that um, he brings this um, like mesh bag essentially that can clip right to him um, or he can like kind of sling it around his shoulder that you know if he sees something in the water or in the woods he can just throw it right in this bag and <clears throat> I think he said it was maybe scientific anglers that makes it um, which likely you know lends itself more towards the fishing aspect, but, you know, uh, any type of, of bag, anything that you can carry things in, uh, is going to do the trick here and having, um, that wherewithal having that mindset of, you know, if, if you go for this walk, if you go for this, this hike, if you go for, you know, um, uh, a little fishing excursion that you are going to potentially have the, uh, possibility to leave that area better than you found it. And I think those are, that as we get older, that becomes um, much more of a way of life. Uh, it becomes thinking bigger picture all the time. It becomes more about playing that long game. And and again, I'm going to echo these words that I've said before, but conservation is the ultimate long game because we're always doing things um, for someone who we don't know, someone who maybe isn't born yet, um, someone uh, who might be, you know, young that's out there with you. We're doing it for, for them. We're ultimately, because if that, that area, that space is not available, um, then they lose out on opportunities to do these things as well. And I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is ensuring that, you know, future generations, uh, whether, you know, there are, um, you know, kids, our grandkids, whatever it is that, that they have those same opportunities. Um, and maybe that's, maybe that's, you know, a good title for this episode is opportunities because ultimately, you know, what we're doing, um, with, in, and around conservation is all about preserving and, you know, giving um, other people opportunities to uh, enjoy those same things uh, that we do. I mean, it's, it's our, it's our duty. It's our responsibility, our obligation to make sure that all of these things are preserved in such a way that any you know, person off the street can, you know, pick up and, and go and enjoy, uh, the same things that we do. Um, we all, um, have the same, uh, right to this land. Um, but it's up to us individually how we treat that land and how we, um, you know, continue to, how we continue to, um, leave it, how we, um, You know, preserve that land. I guess I, I probably repeating myself a bit here. Um, So, these were just, I guess, some thoughts. This, this, you know, the opportunities, the, you know, the obligation, uh, the journey, all of these things kind of tied into one. To me, it just felt like a, a topic that was very relatable to a lot of us out there. Um, Maybe, uh, if nothing else. Maybe this just gave you uh, a half hour to to maybe feel nostalgic about your your upbringing in the outdoors or what your journey looked like uh, to get to where you're at. If you're you know part of a conservation organization um, from a member standpoint or from a, a board member standpoint, maybe you can just now fondly look back and be like, "Oh man, you know what my 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 path here was very similar." Or Man, Marcus doesn't know what the hell he's talking about because mine looked like this and hey, that's great. I'm I'm glad that however your journey looked it, it got you uh to this point or maybe this conversation um is being listened to by someone who is at the very early stages of their conservation journey and it's given them uh something uh, somewhat of a maybe a roadmap of of how things could potentially play out for them um, throughout the course of, of their journey. Um, either way, it just felt like something that needed to um, be talked about. Hell, it was just something that I wanted to talk about. So I'm going to stop kind of preaching because uh, it's, but that's certainly not what I want to do. I just wanted to. Um, just kind of talk freely uh, about what that looks like or what it looked like for me. And if you have comments or, you know, maybe your journey was different, uh, please reach out to me uh, through Facebook or through Instagram. You can get a hold of me through uh, the Average Conservationist website. You can, you know, shoot me a, an email, a message there um, that I will uh, receive. And, if there's you know someone out there listening that wants to, um, you know maybe jump on and, and talk about their conservation journey, I would I would certainly be open and happy to that, uh, happy to do that uh, because everyone's journey um, while they may be similar, they may also be very different at the same time. And I think they're all uh, very cool stories because we can all take a little something away or relate to something uh, a little bit as well. And I think that's that's kind of where the beauty lies so I hope you enjoyed this episode everyone um, I may or may not be taking a break for the next couple of weeks here as we kind of round out the year uh, with holidays and and things like that I, I like to try to uh, respect people's time as much as possible let them uh, enjoy time with friends and family not necessarily have to worry about uh, recording a podcast with me and, and maybe just give everyone a, a few weeks to to recharge and you know maybe try and fill one of those late season tags or whatever the case is and yeah, we'll see. If I'm not here next week, you know why. I'm just taking a little bit of a break here through the holiday seasons, and if I am, it's likely because I was able to get in contact with someone who's uh, who just had such a great story that we wanted to share it. So um, until next week, everyone, stay safe out there, and remember that conservation starts with you.